There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder. Something as innocent as walking to the bus with a male friend shouldn't place a target on a woman's back. On December 16, 2012, a young woman with a bright future tried to go home after a movie and was brutally attacked for nothing more than being in the wrong place at the wrong time with a male friend. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Jyoti Singh was born on May 10th, 1990, as what would be the eldest of three children and the only daughter born to parents living in a small village in the Balia district of Uttar Pradesh. After her father sold his ancestral land so that she could receive an education, as well as working double shifts, Jyoti was able to go to school and study to become a teacher in a time period where educating females was not commonplace in India. With both parents sacrificing as much as they could manage to give all three of their children a better life, Asha Devi and Badranath Singh had big dreams when it came to their eldest daughter. Dreams that were absolutely shattered on December 16th, 2012, when Jyoti Singh, at the age of just 22, became the victim of a dangerous group of young men. That evening, she and a male friend, software engineer Awindra Pratap Pandey, were walking home after watching a film in Saket, South Delhi, and boarded a bus in Minerka at about 9.30 p.m. While they chatted and the bus made its way to Dwarka, Awindro looked out the window and at some point noticed that they were deviating from the normal route. Voicing his concerns, the group of six men already on board, including the driver, began taunting the pair and demanded to know why they were alone at such a late hour. As voices started to rise, an argument turned into a physical scuffle when Owindra and the group of men, who, without warning, pulled out an iron rod and began beating the young man. While her friend lay barely breathing, Jyoti was dragged to the back of the bus, where she too became a victim of that iron rod. Between blows, the men began raping Jyoti, while the driver continued along his route as if nothing was happening. Suffering serious injuries to her abdomen, intestines, and genitals, medical reports later indicate that a blunt object, suspected to be the iron rod, might have been used to penetrate the young woman who, by all accounts, was a stranger to these men. Jyoti tried her best to fight off her attackers, biting three of the men and leaving behind marks. But when they were finished with her after about an hour of torture, they callously threw the pair out of the moving bus and drove off into the night. Found on the side of the road half-naked at about 11 p.m., a passerby called the local police and both Jyoti and Awindra, suffering from horrific injuries, were rushed to the hospital for treatment. Lying on the ground near their bodies were two blood-stained metal rods. Found with numerous bite marks all over her body and massive damage to her uterus and genitals, According to the reports, one of the accused men later admitted to seeing a, quote, rope-like object being pulled from Jyoti. Given her condition, medical staff said that the object was likely the woman's intestines. Still hanging on by a thread, when she arrived at the hospital, 
Jyoti Singh bravely told the police all about what happened that evening and provided details about both the assailants and what exactly they did to her while inside of that bus. Saying that, in addition to brutalizing both she and her friend and taking turns raping her, the men stole her phone, purse, credit, and debit cards, as well as her watch. She said that for large portions of the hour they tortured her, she was unconscious, but that whenever she did wake, they would simply begin the beatings all over again. She said the driver of the bus kept changing so that he could have a turn raping her as well, and that when they threw both she and Awindra out of the bus, they believed the pair were already dead. While she and Awindra shocked officials with their story, the city was reeling from what they heard. Furious that such a thing could happen so publicly, women in the area took to the streets to voice their anger and were met with the brutal hands of the local police. That only fueled their fire and, while the protests raged on, Jyoti Singh, on December 19, 2012, underwent her fifth surgery and had most of her remaining intestine removed. Reported as in, quote, stable but critical condition, on December 21st, the government appointed a committee of doctors to take over her case and ensure she received the best medical care possible. Despite this, however, on December 25th, Jyoti, still on life support, spiked a fever, and though the internal bleeding was causing sepsis, doctors worked to manage her worsening condition while a meeting, held the next day, voted to move her to a hospital in Singapore for further care. Though the hospital was a multi-organ transplant specialty hospital, some of the doctors on the case criticized the decision and called it political. Questioning the need to transfer an ICU patient to the hospital where she could receive her transplants weeks or even months before the scheduled surgeries, sources later indicated that Chief Minister of Delhi at the time, Sheila Dixit, was personally behind the choice. On December 27, 2012, in the middle of her six-hour flight to Singapore, Jyoti Singh went into near collapse, later reported as cardiac arrest, and though the doctors on the plane created an arterial line to try and stabilize her, she was without pulse or blood pressure for nearly three minutes and never regained consciousness. Finally, on December 29, 2012, after suffering from brain damage, pneumonia, and abdominal infections, on top of her many other injuries, Jyoti Singh, the 22-year-old woman who worked nights at a call center to pay her way through medical school with the dream of becoming a physiotherapist, passed away. Initially, the names of the victims were kept private under Indian law, but after a tabloid broke the news and released Jyoti's name, her parents went on the record stating that they wanted the world to know her name and that she died protecting herself. They said that they were so proud of her and hoped that maybe her story would give other women who survived such attacks the courage to come forward and be inspired by her strength. While her family tried to recover from their devastating loss, the police continued to work the case. You see, just 24 hours after Jyoti Singh and Owindra Pandey were attacked, and left on the side of the road to die, police had not only found and impounded the bus where the crime took place, which had been cleaned by one of the assailants, but they also arrested some of the suspects and held them in custody while the investigation continued. With their speed and efficiency credited to the victims and their statements, a total of six men were arrested in connection to the 2012 Delhi gang rape and murder. 
30-year-old Ram Singh, the driver, that evening, his 26-year-old brother Mukesh Singh, 20-year-old Vinay Sharma, 19-year-old Pawan Gupta, 17-year-old Muhammad Afraz, who only met the other men that same day, and 28-year-old Akshay Thakur, a married man with children. According to the reports, the group of men were out, quote, having a party earlier in the day, and through the haze of alcohol, decided to take the charter bus driven by Ram Singh out to, quote, have some fun. Though not permitted to pick up public passengers due to his tinted windows, the men loaded up and decided to rob a 35-year-old carpenter who unknowingly boarded the bus. Beaten and robbed of both his cell phone and cash, the group dumped him on the side of the road where three constables just so happened to be passing by. Though he reported the attack to the officials, they decided, due to the crime not taking place in their jurisdiction, that no action should be taken. Because of this, the men were free to continue their deadly drive and pick up Jyoti and Awindra. With Pawan Gupta accepting guilt, saying he should be hanged for his crimes, and Mukesh Singh being assaulted by other inmates and having to be placed in solitary confinement for his safety, Ram Singh was the first to be presented in court on December 18, 2012, but refused to participate in the identification process. With the investigation revealing Ram's history of alcohol abuse, which allegedly resulted in, quote, blinding rage, a bad temper, and many an altercation, Awindra Pende testified in court on December 19th, while Jyoti, at the time, continued to fight for her life. Around this time, the high court learned about the actions of the three officers who failed to report the robbery and reprimanded the Delhi police for being, quote, evasive in the probe status report into the incident. Eventually, two of the assistant commissioners of police were suspended for failing to prevent the gang rape incident. With the public demanding a speedy trial, just five days after Jyoti's death, police filed charges of rape, murder, kidnapping, destruction of evidence, and attempted murder against the five adults. Though some confessed before the charges were officially filed, Mukesh, Vinay, Akshay, and Pawan all denied that they were responsible and claimed that they were tortured and coerced by the police. On January 10th, one of the lawyers, a man named Manohar Lal Sharma, gave a media interview in which he publicly blamed the victims for their own assault, claiming they should not have been using public transportation and that they should not have even been on the streets that late due to the fact that they were unmarried. He went even further and stated, quote, Until today, I have not seen a single incident or example of rape with a respected lady. Even an underworld Don would not like to touch a girl without respect, and said Awindra was, quote, wholly responsible for not protecting Jyoti. A few weeks later, it was determined that Mohammed Afraz, the minor, could not be charged as an adult, despite the violent nature of the crime, and would need to be tried separately in juvenile court. While he was waiting for his trial, as were the other men, on March 11, 2013, Ram Singh, the bus driver that evening, was found hanging from the ventilation shaft inside of the cell he shared with three other prisoners. Authorities were unclear whether it was suicide or murder. After filing charges against the adults for the robbery that took place before the gang rape murder, 
The four surviving defendants were sent to trial in a fast-track court where the prosecution presented witness statements, the victim statements, fingerprints, DNA, and dental molds. While their trial continued on after deferring the verdict for Muhammad Afranz a few times, on August 31st, 2013, he was convicted of rape and murder under the Juvenile Justice Act and given the maximum sentence of three years in a reform facility. He was released on December 20th, 2015. On September 10th, 2013, the four remaining adults were found guilty of rape, murder, unnatural offenses, and destruction of evidence. While demonstrators stood outside the courthouse calling for their hanging and the defense asking for a lesser sentence, the judge stated that the case, quote, shocked the collective conscience of India, and as such, they could not, quote, turn a blind eye to such crimes. They were all sentenced to death. Upon hearing that he would die for his crimes, Vinay Sharma collapsed to the ground and pleaded with the judge to save him. While waiting for his execution, Mukesh Singh placed the blame squarely on Jyoti Singh. He claimed, quote, You can't clap with one hand. It takes two hands. A decent girl won't roam around at nine o'clock at night. A girl is far more responsible for rape than a boy. Boy and girl are not equal. Housework and housekeeping is for girls not roaming in discos and bars at night doing wrong things, wearing wrong clothes. About 20% of girls are good. He also claimed that if she had not fought back during her rape, they would have let her live, saying she should have been silent and allowed them to assault her body. In March of 2014, the Supreme Court of India stayed the executions of Mukesh Singh and Pawan Gupta in order to allow both of them to appeal. After being convicted of the robbery and given an additional 10-year sentence, in May of 2017, the Supreme Court rejected all of the appeals and upheld their death sentences. More appeals and more delays continued, but finally, on March 20th, 2020, at 5.30 a.m. IST, Mukesh Singh, Vinay Sharma, Akshay Thakur, and Pawan Gupta were taken to the specially designed gallows and hanged at the Tihar Jail. As a result of the many protests that took place throughout India, a judicial committee was set up to study and take public suggestions for amendments to laws that could hopefully prevent something like this from ever happening again. After considering around 80,000 suggestions, they submitted a report indicating failures on the part of both the government and police, and that those were at the root of the crimes against women. And in 2013, several new laws were passed as a result. Many argue, however, that the legal system remains too slow when hearing and prosecuting rape cases. Though her death resulted in an increase of women finally reporting their assaults, Jyoti Singh's father said that he felt as though he failed to bring justice to his daughter and to the women like her, saying none of it was enough to keep these women safe. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on December 17th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.